0: Sisters. My name is Madeline Rosemeo. and I am Scout Sophia
1: Sobel and we are the sisters behind OKC's podcast. We sure are. And Scout, I have a question for you. I'm nervous as always.
0: Cause I'm gonna get wasted. I just drank a cup of 42 and I'm gonna have another one. Courtney, what the fuck are you on?
1: Yeah, don't know what you're talking about, but it <laughs> reminds me of the qu- a quote that Moira made last night in the episode that I was watching of Schitt's Creek when she gets so drunk she passes out in Roland's bed and then the next day she's pouring all the alcohol down the drain and she goes, "I ha- and she says to her husband, I have to apologize to you and sober people everywhere.
0: <laughs> oh, My- Moira is the vibe always, yeah. always and forever. Um, so what I had just exclaimed to you was a tiktok sound that has gone viral as a result of kylie jenner getting wasted at um i believe they were in nobu i don't know where they were in palm springs and going they were about to go to a drag show and she was getting wasted on don julio 1942 is was the drag show indoors because who's going to drag
1: who's going to entertainment this year this was pre-covid Um, Um,
0: The actual the keeping up with the Kardashian season that is premiering right now, that is airing right now is highly fascinating and obviously entertaining. But it's right before COVID hit. So you kind of see the progression and it's so interesting to hear them talk about COVID before we Uh, any of us knew what it was they're like oh yeah I heard that if you hold your breath for 10 seconds then you don't have COVID and and you're able to hold your breath like remember when that was an indicator back in March so it's been a really interesting like point in history to, to see documented in in their eyes but um yeah so this was right before COVID
1: is this the last season or is the season is the next season the last season
0: the next season is the last season. Oh. Um, I believe it's like airing in 2021.
1: So we have like another year of the Cardinal. Not that I watch, but you know.
0: I would highly recommend this season. It is actually really good. It, I, I'm going to miss, you know, seeing the behind the scenes and the intricacies of their sister relationships. It's... uh. It's very fascinating. I love them. Well, Matt sure there's going to be a, a gap in the market
1: for sisters to rise above. And I don't know about you, but I think we should manifest some sort of something happening within the next year once the once the Kardashians exit the
0: zeitgeist. I mean, good thing we get emails left and right to be on reality TV shows. Like, I don't know what attracts Okay, you,
1: you and I. do s- no, you say that you and I have only been asked to do one reality TV show. I have been asked to do four this year. I okay, even so got. I'm
0: sorry. I'm sorry, Scout. Like, I just need. I, I just need to interrupt you. Like, of the both of us, like, why are you <laughs> the one that are, or that Hollywood is knocking on your door? Like, I don't understand how your personality jumps off the podcast as like the personality for T V.
1: They don't listen to the the podcast. They find me on Instagram. The first okay, sorry, I've been nominated for three. So the first one I was nominated for was a huge business entrepreneur one. And we were just talking to our friend last week who knows who it is and I'm not I'm not gonna say it but It was like this big media mogul and essentially I would have had to move to New York and I would have actually like had to quit my job, my agency and the podcast. I was like, yeah, I don't think that's going to happen for me. And then the second one was they wanted to do a relationship one or like a marriage a couples therapy marriage boot camp. And, like, that's off limits, 100%. And then the third one was a game show for you and me.
0: It's so funny how you were not willing to compromise your small businesses to become an Instagram thought. Like, I really, I I applaud you. You, you have your priorities straight. Okay, I'm not
1: moving to New York City and working for a mogul. I would hate my life. That sounds terrible. Yes,
0: but you understand that people don't do it for the actual... Prize. They do it for the Instagram. I know. Fame I was so. <laughs> and money.
1: I was so honest. I was like, I don't want to win, but I can schedule a really <laughs> great exit with you. And they're like, we can't put you on the show. You just told you us you don't want to win. <laughs> that
0: you don't want to win. And that is literally like someone going on The Bachelor being like, I actually don't want to get engaged or don't want to be married. You keep that to yourself. You keep that to yourself. Mm. You just go on it, pretend. And then you get a lot of Instagram followers, and then we could be making a lot of money.
1: Okay, well, I still think it's in my future,
0: and I feel like I'm going to get reached out to again, so I will keep it's, you updated. It's so funny. I was one day like singing very loudly around the house, as I typically do, and Ben looked at me and said, I'm so scared that you're gonna get a reality TV show one day and I'll have to be on it. <laughs> I mean, I don't I don't
1: know what kind of reality TV show we would ever have because I mean, yeah, we do fight in our business meetings we talk to each other with quite the tone, but um I don't know how much else well yeah, we also make a really big idiots of ourselves on Instagram. So yeah, we, gonna we say we, we could, could be perfect. come up with
0: something. We could be like There wouldn't really be drama, but we'd we'd figure out a way to make it entertaining for sure.
1: Yes. Okay. I want to pivot because it has been what six, seven, seven months now since we've been working from home since COVID and quarantine hit, and so I thought we can reflect kind of on our work from home schedules, routines, how we're feeling about the change, um, if we think we'll ever go back to an office. And kind yeah. of the, the check-in, the vibe of now that it's been half a year, how we feel about our careers, our productivity, and all the good things.
0: Yeah, so I've actually been thinking a lot about this because in an overall sense, I believe that working from home has been a net positive. And I actually think I've been thriving in this type of environment, Where whereas I would have never thought that I could work from home b- uh, prior to this. But obviously, we've, we've both become very, uh, comfortable with these, uh, these new normals, but I think I was meant to work from home. First of all, I get to wear sweats all day. This is just, I didn't know the potential of my comfort before COVID. Like this is just where I'm meant to be. I'm meant to be in sweats all day. I can't even imagine getting up and wearing normal clothes to go to work every day. It scares the shit out of me. So in that regard, i I'm stoked and I am ready for this to last forever. Now, the productivity levels, it's really interesting because if you work at a company like Scout and I do, where you're client facing or you do have to work within a team, I feel like everyone is compelled to make Zoom meetings, constant Zoom meetings even for any type of update or check-in. Whereas prior, if you're in an office, you can quickly ask a question or get that person's attention and it doesn't have to be a full-fledged meeting. Whereas we're all alone. So trying to find out one piece of information can take a 30-minute Zoom call. And I look at my calendar every day and I'm like, when am I gonna actually do work? When am I even going to reflect or digest the things that were talked about in these Zoom, back-to-back Zoom meetings. People are just, you know, because we're home, we think that we can just do these back-to-back meetings, whereas we would never plan our days like this. So it's been a really fascinating shift. I've never, I've never been in more Zoom meetings in my entire life. Like, what what is this new schedule we have?
1: For me, I mean, I was always on the phone before, um, before quarantine hit. For me, it's more of the, that would have been a 15 minute phone call, but for some reason we feel compelled to go on Zoom and show our faces. That's the part I don't like. I don't need all of my calls to be on Zoom where I have to be super like you know, it takes it takes a different energetic presence to see someone talk to someone via video than I could be walking around my house. I could be making tea. You know, there's other things I could be doing. It's just sometimes I feel like I will get a sales call or I'll get someone interested in my services and normally before quarantine I would just hop on a normal phone call and now it's just Zoom. And the worst the worst is when you get on Zoom and you put your camera on because you think everybody else is, and nobody has your camera on, and you have to sit there as the only person with the camera on for the entire meeting. It's That's a hard
0: no from me. If no one else has the camera on, there is no way the but camera is. What on do you me.
1: do? I put it on I put it on, assuming everyone would, and then everyone in the meeting doesn't. Do I turn it off?
0: You turn it off. You oh, turn it's it off. So awkward. That is so awkward and just disrespectful of the other people, first of all. I'm just going to say. I think it's like you go in. This is the protocol. You go in, camera off. And then mm-hmm. people are like, hey, what's the vibe? Should we show our faces today? And if one person's like, yeah, I'll be brave, then you turn it on. Then, you know, it's, it has to be a discussion. You have to level set.
1: Yeah, and people, I it's just I think that when we create Zoom invites, it should say video or yeah, audio only. Yeah, we're... <laughs>
0: Yes, it's like this is a video Zoom rather than just like a call Zoom. Like, should I put my hair down? Yeah, yeah. Don't look like you just rolled out of bed for this
1: one. Okay, so here's my work from home experience. So I had an office for Scouts Agency, and and I loved it. It was so fun. It made me feel legit. I felt as if my company had a home, and there was just something about oh yeah, our offices are you know in Little Italy. Um, it. It was like a sales tool, right? People thought we were very legit, like an actual company, et cetera, et cetera. So it really served its purpose. But um, I was in a lease until September, actually. So I paid six months of rent for no reason. And um, working from home, I realized I have a very specific work style. And I am very calm on this podcast or calmer than you. But when I work, I get very irritated if people are talking to me or if people are taking a break on the other side and I can hear them I just get so in the zone and focus that I actually work so much better alone I don't work that well with other people in the room that being said I find that I have so much more time in my day because I'm not spent with that 30 minute oh how are you doing or good morning and, yeah, mm, those mm, check-ins. and That It's like not just check-ins, but every hour you say something or then you end up talking about something for an hour that has nothing to do with work. And so I find that I have so much more time in my day and I was really, really loving the energy that I didn't have from getting ready and going to the office and parking and walking and getting the coffee. And there were so many little things that added up to like, we probably wasted three and a half hours a day just going to the office and talking about random shit. So I decided to not renew my lease. One, why would I renew a lease when who knows what's going to happen to the world right now? And two, I just loved being alone in my own energetic bubble. I had more energy. I had more time to do the things I wanted to do. And my days became a little bit more flexible Where because I started working for myself to have freedom of schedule. If I have an office with a team, I have to be there from nine to five to show a certain, you know, also, hey, Lauren, my, my girls, my uh, employees totally listening to this right now. Whereas if I'm at home, I can go to lunch with my mother-in-law and then work an hour later. It's just so much more flexible for all involved, in my opinion. So work from home is going to be my forever situation. I will never go back to an office. Um, and I am net positive times 100. Yeah, the flexibility is a huge
0: plus I think also just living in LA and you know as everyone complains about the traffic and the commutes it is so true that we are given back so much time and I also used to be the person that would have to work out before going into work and if I had to be in the office for an 8 or 9 a.m. call you know I was working out at 6 it was a whole day before my day whereas now it's like I'll wake up for the 9 a.m. call and then I can kind of work out and then I could go back to work. And it's just this, like, more fluid existence um, that I, I do agree. It's not very, like, regimented. Like, you go into an office from this time to this time and you're only working at this, this project for this time. Like, it's, you know, it's a lot more... It's a lot more fluid. Yeah. And it's a lot
1: more. I feel like there's a lot more energy that you have yourself. And now I just look at my life before I was crazy. I was going into the office. I was going to L.A. every other week. I was going to dinner after work. Like now my energy, I have a very, very strict amount that I socially spend every week. And that's oh, it. Yeah. Oh, no one social obligation a week, that is it. That's all I can take. Yeah, me too. So I can't I think do it. The okay says consensus is if you can work from home, there are so many benefits Um, maybe we should do a whole fix me up on like tips to work from home be productive still be motivated and also
0: separate like home energy space from work energy space that'd be really good absolutely I would 100% love to do that because as I mentioned on a previous episode I've been learning a lot about productivity and just kind of how to define it in my own terms what are the tools that people are using to be successful and what can you take as your own rather than kind of discard I think we all need to determine what works for us mads i'm so proud of you
1: because earlier this year you and the word productivity had a very negative relationship negative you you were uh you were not a fan but i'm excited to hear these new these new revelations we will do it in our fix me up episode put that on the fucking schedule calendar to record and let's move on to some housekeeping
0: let's do it sister okay that's the best everyone knows that the best part of an OK sis episode is the housekeeper
1: (laughs) i mean i i am gonna beg to differ but that's okay (laughs) um sisters if you like OK sis there are a lot of places that we live other than this podcast you can follow us on instagram At OKSIS Podcast. You can sign up for our newsletter. Uh, It comes out every single Monday. We've got a note from us, an inspirational quote, products that we love, et cetera, et cetera, and it's super fucking cute. You can sign up at OKSISPodcast.com or in the link in the show notes. Um, We also have a secret Facebook group called OK Sisters. Get in on it. It's fun, it's fabulous. The women are amazing. And if you love OKSys, text a friend your favorite episode. We appreciate it so much. That's how we grow and continue to do this every single week for you guys. So, oh, yeah. And then rate us, review us, and subscribe.
0: Subscribe. Oh,
1: yeah. Okay. This episode, we're talking about big kid problems.
0: I know. Talk about working from home, just like the perils of COVID. Um, oh, that just reminded me, just like a little side note, I was watching SNL this past weekend and they did this, like, parody on French people in Montreal, or people who speak French in Montreal, and they said, COVID-19, and I lost my shit. COVID is what? COVID-19. I don't, I don't remember what that means. Well, you just ruined this whole <laughs> setup. It means 19 in French. Oh, okay. So okay. they said COVID-19, and I... I lost it. I don't know what. I just it was like, okay, this is so like, good. Okay, this anyways, is so random. So, We're
1: talking about Sarah.
0: I know, I'm sorry. Hello, Sarah. We love you big kid problem. So, I mean, we just talked about working from home, the, all, the perils of Zoom and and what all of this transition in essentially what is a giant big kid problem of the world right now. I would I would safely say. Um, she is such a witty, talented comedy writer i think just it's such a niche thing to be so good at comedy on the internet it takes a very specific person and voice and she kind of has crafted this for herself and i think started she she was she was one of the ogs like meme accounts and people that kind of started on the internet and and twitter she's huge and just like those little snippets and wow we had such a great time talking with her we're also on her podcast big kid problems um which comes out tomorrow. Discussing. It comes out tomorrow on Tuesday. So if you guys want to go
1: listen yeah. to that as well, she's got a great podcast. But in this episode, we chat skincare. We chat leaving your nine to five to work for yourself. That transition between having a boss and regimented schedules and then having to create your own. She's a COVID bride. We talk all about that. And then we talk about the the um, archetype of the memes. Oh, yes. Hashtag adulting. Hashtag adulting. Say. Yeah. Well, enjoy, sisters. okay a y s i s
0: let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about okay sisters let's talk about hair
1: shedding does the craziness of everyday life leave you stressed and shedding since having kids have you started seeing a little more of your scalp hi i've been there when it comes to thinning hair there are many root causes at play and neutrophil addresses them through a multi-targeted whole body approach
0: Visit their website, whimsyandrow.com. That's W-H-I-M-S-Y-A-N-D-R-O-W.com and use code OKSister for 15% off. Hello, hello. Welcome to OKSYSTER. Thanks for doing this. Hello, beautiful.
2: Oh, my gosh. I am so excited.
1: Your hair is beautiful.
2: Thanks. I just washed it. (laughs) Big day for me. Big day. It's a big day when you wash your hair.
0: How often do you wash your
2: hair? I'm like a once every like three to four day kind of gal.
1: You're an overachiever in my book.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's, it's not by choice. I have so much hair. Like it's out of control and it takes me like two hours. So like it's just kind of from like a time saving standpoint.
1: Yeah. You have really thick hair just like me. My hair takes forever. Like it's just a mission. It takes like five hours to even dry. Like there's no point in even, that's why I went to dry bar before quarantine because I couldn't deal with this curly situation and then quarantine.
0: I also I also have to earn my shower and my hair wash. Like I have to sweat so much and work out so hard for it to be worth it. I, for couldn't it agree
2: more, could not agree more. I will let it ride like to the yeah. brink. You know what I mean? Like. Oh yeah. The dry
0: shampoo is in there. We, we're, we're making it last. Oh, yeah. I feel you. All right. Let's do current fixations. Okay. Let's jump right
1: in. This week, my current fixation is Sahara Rose. She is a spiritual teenager, millennial, not teenager. Oh, my God. She's <laughs> like my age. She's a spiritual teacher is what I meant to say. And she's super big on Instagram. She's killing it on TikTok. She started as an ayurvedic expert so she wrote dummy's guide to ayurveda um which is sort of the a really ancient or maybe the most ancient form of medication via the foods that you eat um and since then she's just totally flourished she has a podcast called the highest self podcast i pre-ordered her reflective journal called a yogic 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 yogic
0: path how do you Um, not know how to say that I've never heard yogic before. I know yogi. It's not like we did a 200-hour teacher training of yoga before.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but bitch, you know I didn't graduate that. You know I did not graduate that. Um, So anyways, I'm not really into reflective journals, but I love her so much, so I pre-ordered it. And it actually has a lot of good information in here. So she's just a delight. I feel like she explains spirituality in a way that isn't like calming and like zen and no bad vibes. She is loud. She's she's full expression. She's taking up room. She's dancing like crazy. Like she's just such a great ball of energy that I think she's a very, very good modern day spiritual teacher. And I can't wait to see how she grows as she gets older relating to our generation. But Um, I'm just a huge fan. I listen to her podcast. Actually, I only listen to her solo episodes because I just love her, you know. So
0: Sahara Rose, I love you and I love you. Wow. An ode to Sahara Rose. I don't think I've ever Mm -hmm. loved someone enough to pre-order something. That is true love.
1: Well, I also started working with a bunch of women who were launching publishing books. And so I understand how important pre-sale pre-orders are. And so when I see a woman that I really support and love and she has a book, I will pre-order it every time cuz I know how much it actually really helps their career. That is so nice
2: of you. That is huge.
0: That's a ho- I mean, That's actually a really good tip. Like if you're looking to support someone, pre-order their shit. That's
1: a great tip because just to let you know in the publishing industry if they make it on certain
0: lists it depends on their pre-orders. It's so weird because like who pre orders it's like so strange that that's the metric.
2: It's so crazy. I had a I have a 2020 calendar that came out last year that like I got published and the same thing they're like push out pre-orders. I'm like it's like June like of 2019. I'm like, I don't think anybody's like excited to buy a calendar right now, but I'll do what I can.
0: Yeah, no, they're intense about the pre-sales. Yeah. So wild okay. My current fixation is a new coffee drink from our good and trusty establishment, Starbucks. It is the cold brew with cinnamon oat milk foam. Now, ladies and gentlemen, no, just ladies because that's the only people that listen here. This is an impeccable drink not only is it low calorie not only is it super caffeinated because it's cold brew it tastes like Christmas because of the cinnamon and everyone knows we're oat milk hoes over here so oat milk foam it feels like you're drinking a latte but it's cold but it's Christmassy because it's cinnamon it's just delightful and this
2: is overloading my senses (laughs) I know so anywho it's a great time. I'm excited for that. The second, like, there's even, like, the slightest crisp breeze in the air, I'm like, let's go. Fall candles, uh, holidays,
0: like, I'm here for it. I'm, I'm like you, too. I saw the first um, on one of my friend's Instagram stories. She was posting that she was listening to Christmas music, and I, I'm that type of person, too. After Labor Day, it's officially fall. It is, like, 90 degrees outside. It doesn't matter it doesn't matter. We're in the air conditioning inside and we can put on sweatsuits inside and get cozy inside. That's my view. Also, we are like uh, 100% Jewish and it's just like that's my vibe is I am obsessed with Christmas to a point where I don't even celebrate it and I'm so obsessed with it.
2: I'm a Jew obsessed with Christmas too. That's so funny.
0: We're a rare breed. No, I'm just kidding. We're not a rare breed. I don't think Scout, you're as into Christmas as I am. Look, I love it. It's I mean, I'm not like obsessed with it, but also because when we were little,
1: I asked if we could put twinkle lights up on our house. And mom said that Zeta would roll around in his grave if we did that. Mm. So I thought that my great grandpa Zeta was going to come back from the dead (laughs) if I did anything Christmas oriented. And so one time I came home and my husband had a green and red plant in the house and I said, get that shit out. I don't need my Zeta coming to like, you know, I'm
2: like
0: scarred. Yeah, that's that's a tough one.
2: My um, future spouse, my fiance is not Jewish and he celebrates Christmas and I'm just totally piggybacking off of like all that stuff. Like I'm like, let's get two Christmas trees. Let's get all the things like I'm really excited to actually be able to like partake, you know?
0: Yeah, our step siblings are not Jewish, so Essentially, whenever we do celebrate Christmas, it's with them and they're English and they go full out in England for Christmas. It's like kind of like their Thanksgiving because they don't have Thanksgiving. Um, so they will do like giant roasts and this whole like feast. And it's incredible and get like every person gets a present. It's just it's just a delight. It's just a good time. I love Christmas. I mean is eight days of a good time. I don't know why you need more, but yeah, it's true. Oh, I need I need it all for sure. Okay, Sarah, what is your current fixation?
2: Current fixation. Um, okay, so I am a little bit of a skincare junkie and I'm crazy. Too. Yeah, like I I I finally found a brand that I'm like absolutely obsessed with and I don't really veer off, but I, I would I would say that brand, but I actually just got sent, um, something new. Like I don't, I don't even try new products anymore. Cause I'm just like, I found my brand. I love it. Um, Osea, I don't know if you guys know mm. that brand, um, yes. love, uh, but somebody sent me this thing called face kit. Have you heard about this? Oh. No. What is that? I haven't heard about something in the skincare world. <laughs> no. I feel like it's just like, I've seen it on Instagram now, like now that I'm looking for it, of course, but um, it's this really like decadent green face mask where like, it's like, it, it comes as a powder and they give you the oil to mix in the powder. You like have to like, it's like you make your own batch and then you put it on your face for 10 minutes. And I swear it was like an, a, a, like such a luxurious experience.
0: Do you know if it's like a clarifying mask? Is it a charcoal mask? Like what, what is it doing for your skin?
2: It's it's clarifying. It has like algae. It has like all this like really, really um, high intensity, like green stuff in there. Like nu- very nutrient dense mask. And like I'm my skin breaks out with everything. Like I have to be really careful about every product I put on my face. And it's like all natural. And my skin like loved it.
1: Oh, my God. I'm actually in the market for a new face mask, which I actually, mad to have a question about the jet lag mask. I think I'm using it wrong. Um, but I'm in the market for a new face mask, and that sounds right up my alley. I like all the green
0: shit, you know? Yeah, and it also just
2: looks really good. Like, it looks like you're ready for an Instagram, like, photo shoot.
0: That's all we need. That's all we need is for our face masks to look Instagram ready. That is where we're going. I mean, honestly, like... Is it not the best feeling when a skin a new skincare product works? Like I I, I don't know if there's a better feeling.
2: It really, and I have such I honestly have tried so many things that don't work that I'm shocked when something I'm like, "Oh, that I actually I actually love this."
1: I'm actually in the process of revamping my skincare routine because I've been using the oil cleanser mads that you sent me, and I'm running out. And I just think it's a really good opportunity to support a local brand that I know that makes really great skincare because they just came out with an oil cleanser. So I think I'm going to switch just to shop a little bit smaller. Um, And I'm actually also in the market for a new face wash because I feel like IS Clinical is just kind of – I, like, had my time with it. It's maybe a little drying. You know, I'm looking for something more clean.
0: Fresh soy face cleanser but is it I clean? I've used
2: that for like 15 years
0: <laughs> it is the holy grail I'm never switching it, it it smells like roses like vomited all over your face it feels like butter I I, I bought the like giant tub that's like 70 bucks because like I know that I'm because I kept replenishing it and I was like let me just invest to, like get the big one and I'm not I'm not going back it's incredible I've been
2: using that one for so long, um, but I did actually just switch over to the Osea cleanser. It's the only thing that is um, like comparable, just super like natural, like not in drying at all.
1: I'm looking for something natural and clean. So I think Osea. that's probably, yeah, Osea Osea's probably is clean, more, fully clean. Like I want, I want pure clean beauty when it comes to my skincare. Okay. So I'll go to Shopgood because I know they sell Osea. First, what's going on with your jet lag? What are you doing? I don't know. Like, I put it on for 10 minutes, and then it said I don't have to rinse it off, but I thought I did, so I rinsed it off. I don't know. Is it just like a regular face mask?
0: So I use it as a moisturizer.
1: Uh, Yeah, it didn't really feel like a face mask. It felt like a moisturizer.
0: Yeah, I use it as a moisturizer after my
2: um, Dr. Dennis Gross peel pads.
1: Sarah, do you use this mask?
2: I don't use that mask, but I have used the the Dr. Dennis Gross peel pads, and I really like those, too. I think they're great. That's like one of those other products that I'm like, oh my God, I actually love this. Like, it was a surprise for me.
1: Yeah, I can't do them because I do the baby facial every Sunday, and that's like too much exfoliation to do the doctor, and it's gross, right? That's too much.
2: That's
0: way too much. Don't do it.
1: Okay. Okay. Well, let's talk about Sarah now because we could talk about her. We could go
0: on for about skincare forever.
1: (laughs) Forever. Okay. Tell us everything, how you got it started in social media how this brand evolved, what is Big Kid Problems, kind of the overall arching summary.
2: Okay, Um, all right, so I started my social media account called Big Kid Problems uh, when I was about to graduate college. Like I was sitting in my sorority house, like procrastinating through finals week and like this was before Instagram was out. Like I was in college before Instagram, which sounds, I I know that makes me sound very old. Wait, how old are you? I'm 31. It's not that old, guys. <laughs> so I started it in college. And basically, like, I was just big on, like, I love Twitter. Like, I used to follow a bunch of, like, something, something problems accounts, like, white girl problems. Yes. And, and, like, I loved them. So I was, like, I could kind of make up these jokes about, like, being a college kid about to, like, enter the adult world. So that was kind of the whole gist. And then I did enter the adult world. I moved to New York City, like, right after I graduated college. And, like, then I had, like, legit problems. <laughs> like, I was, like... This is like, this came went from like a funny ha account to like, I can't afford to eat. <laughs> and so like my account kind of became like this, like almost very therapeutic tool for me where I was just like making fun of my life. Um, when Instagram, when Instagram evolved, I started seeing like accounts that would make memes and it was basically like the same jokes I was tweeting. They would just put a picture underneath it. So I was like, I wonder if I can make my own memes. I started to do that. And then I just, it, my account really kind of took off on Instagram some of these larger like meme accounts, like the fat Jewish and like girl with no job, like reposted my content and I just kind of grew it from there. And the whole time I was doing this, this was like a total hobby of mine. Like, I was like, this is so fun. Like, I'm just like talking shit about work and my boss and like, you know, the guy that ghosted me last week and, and, and putting it out there. And so many people like related to it and it, it made it so fun. And then, um, a couple of years ago, Oh God, probably four years ago. Um, I started to really actually turn it into a business. Like brands were hitting me up, like we want to, you know, partner with you. How much for a post? I'm like, what? So I really kind of took a took took it, um account into like more of like a business side and grew the brand. And then left my full time corporate job um, when I was, I think, I think I was 28 or 29 when I left my full my full time job and went full time. Big kid problems. Uh, it's just been a blast. I and I recently took it and like then you know, got, um, published with Andrew McNeil, like to do like some publishing with them. And I've just like done a lot of random things with the account. I got to do some like TV stuff, which was really fun. And then I like parlayed it into a podcast, which I'm like super excited about now. Mm -hmm. And that's been like the super, the fastest I've ever given that whole (laughs) show. (laughs) What was that first
1: day like after you quit your corporate job? Because there's like different big kid problems, right? There's like the corporate job and figuring out salary and how to survive just after college. And then there's the big kid problem of like, oh, now I'm in charge of my salary as like this entrepreneur with their own brand. What was that first day like for you when you woke up, didn't have to go to your corporate job and was like, I run an
2: account called Big Kid Problems and this is my life now. (sighs) It's so funny because I I had prepped so much leading up to that point like I had a really good job I you know spent probably six months like building up a huge savings I was like I had all of like my ducks in a row to leave my job and like take it full time and then like literally that first day I like sat down and I'm like fuck (laughs) I'm like well shit I don't know like I, I just had like a total moment of panic because I I had you know throughout the years spent you know, a lot of my free time on the account. And then when I had all the time in the world to dedicate to it, I, you know, worked until like 11 a.m. And then I was like, okay, what now? <laughs> and I literally sat at my desk. and I'm like, I-, I don't know how to like working for yourself is such like an interesting thing. It's such like, there's so much that goes into time management and actually like prepping what your days look like, what your weeks look like, the projects you're working on. It's a lot more intense than I thought it would be. And it's funny, like, when I was at work, like, I hated having a boss telling me what to do. I was, like, the ultimate, like, I hate being micromanaged. I hate anybody giving me any type of metric to hit. Like, let me just do me. The second I started working for myself, I'm like, who can I pay to tell me what to do? <laughs> like, I actually, like, hired a business coach to, like, give me things that I could work on because I was like, I, I need the structure.
0: It's interesting because I- I'm kind of the same way where when I – Um, whenever, I mean, I still have a full-time job and I work for someone, but it's more of a startup. So I feel very self-sufficient, but it's strange because you have this like intrinsic motivation and you're very, you know, you're very determined, you're self-motivating, but then it's like, you do need that guidance. Like there is obviously value in someone saying like, Hey, this is a project but like you figure out how to do it but like here is a project and like that is really hard to tell yourself a little bit and even determine what those projects are, what the parameters are, metrics, all of that. It is
2: is a skill to delegate and organize projects. Oh, hundred percent. And then just like, even understanding where to focus your time, it's really like less about like the day-to-day, like figuring it out, but what are the long-term things that I actually want to accomplish? And then like working backwards to figure out, you know, what, where I'm going to focus my time, like what projects I'm going to do. So it's been definitely a journey. And it's funny now I look back at that time and I'm like, how did I only work to 11 AM? Cause now I'm working like around the clock and it never stops. It never – that's another thing with working for yourself is, like, there's no, like, paid time off. There's no, like, holidays. Like, I feel like I'm just constantly going and, like, trying to build this thing.
1: Yeah, there's no one that can, like, step in for you for a day, right? Like, if you have a podcast interview, like, you have to do it because, you know, you're the brand, which is a whole other thing. But I'd love to hear about – I'm loving this kind of conversation around time management. I'd love to hear – and I know every day is different, but kind of an overarching – um routine that you have every day to give yourself that structure because for me as an entrepreneur and running my own business I have a very set routine and people are like oh you don't work a nine-to-five I'm like actually I work a nine-to-five it's just my own nine-to-five because I need that structure you know I can't just like wake up at noon and work till two in the morning you know it doesn't work that way so what's kind of your routine do you have a routine that helps you kind of balance personal life versus business life?
2: Yeah. I mean, like you said, it is like always kind of different, but I have completely had to give myself a schedule also. Cause that was another thing when I first started, I was like, I can finally sleep in. Like I'm, I'm definitely not a morning person. And then like you wake up at like 10, 30, 11, and like the workday is like halfway over for people. that's the thing. I mean, it's, I work by myself, but I'm also, you know, I'm working with brands. I'm working with Sponsors. I'm working with a, a podcast production team that all works nine to five. So I also wanted to mirror my schedule around like people that I'm collaborating with. Um, so that was a big thing. I definitely put in, um, you know, my parameters. I want to wake up at a certain time. Um, I want to kick off my morning by like I kind of do have like a little morning ritual that I do just to kind of like get my like head in the game, really. And then like my day to day will be different depending on the season. Like right now right now I'm getting into my podcast season. Like, like the last few months I've been, um, doing like back end stuff, like doing podcast interviews and all this fun stuff. And now I'm actually getting into launch. So that changes my day to day a hundred percent where like my beginning of my week is, is, um, all about like, you know, uh, creating marketing materials. Cause my episodes come out on Tuesday. So I'm like working with the people that I, my guests that I had on, creating materials for them. I'm working with my production team doing editing. um Sorry, am I boring you? I feel like I feel like does, does you really want to hear about like the shit I'm doing on the day to day because it's crazy. No, no,
1: this is like so interesting because my next because I think that when someone at like when someone looks at a job like yours and when someone looks at a you know the podcast, people think oh you sit down for an hour and record or oh right. you post that one meme and you're done. Yeah. And so, like, hearing this nitty-gritty of, like, Monday is podcast day. Like, that's that breaks down the behind-the-scenes that I think people don't understand.
2: Yeah. there is. And I mean, I know you guys know, too. There is so much that goes into that. And, like, the podcast is one thing for me. And then I also have, like, you know, my social accounts, my blog, you know, um, some other stuff I do on the side. Because, like, this, at the end of the day, like, I still have side hustles. Um, which is nuts. Like I do a lot of like writing and stuff. So it, 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 balancing it all is like a shit show (laughs) every week. Um, and it's always different, but I'm always trying to like, you know, have my days where I know I need to work on certain things. I do a lot of time batching where I'm like, okay, especially when I have like, um, writing projects where I'll do like, I'll work with brands and like write funny stuff for them. Cause like comedy is yeah, that's that's my bread and butter is comedy writing. So, um I'll I'll break out like okay, I, my podcast launched on Tuesday, Wednesday's a little bit of my free day where I can have like 3 hours to work on a writing project. So, I'm all about the time batching. I'm all about prioritization. But I can say all this stuff and a lot of the times I'm still like running around with my freaking head chopped off like half the week. So we do what we can. <laughs> yeah. You, you put
0: the structure in place and and you follow it. And then I think a big part of it is, is not shaming yourself if you do not follow that to a T one day or something like that. But I do want to talk about the comedic element because as you said, comedy writing is really where brands are looking to you for and where did that develop? Do you do you think you were kind of always funny growing up or was this just something like you just thought it translated really well into social media? How did that happen for you?
2: Yeah, it's really funny. I mean, like I'm, I've always been like the funny friend. Like, I, I don't know, like I'll always have like witty remarks to say, but like nothing, nothing like crazy. And then Twitter was really like just the Twitter format for me is like, I like, I'm not even funny in like a lot of different scenarios. Like there's different types of comedy out there. For some reason, like that short, quippy, like witty remark and just like what it was just 140 characters. Like that's like, I can just tell a joke in like a short form like that. So that was kind of like that platform really gave me um, the opportunity to like showcase my comedic side in like a really like very specific way, if that makes yeah. sense. So no, it
0: does. And like, I think I'm, I've been noticing a lot with all the different social media platforms, like especially with the eruption of TikTok these days, there is just, there's a specific humor for each of the platforms. Mm-hmm. And you see new people come up that are able, their brains just think in that platform's medium, you know? Like Twitter doesn't work for me. I I don't know. I'm just not like a small sentence person. Yeah. Like, but TikTok, I un- I can thinking that way and
2: I see it and it's just I can't
0: think in TikTok. I, I can't, can't think,
2: think, in think in TikTok it. either. That's what's like scary to me. I'm like, oh my god, like, things are evolving. And I, I you know, you we, we all have our strengths. TikTok is so not my strength.
1: But I think like I think that we've been told to like diversify our platforms to such an extent. And I think that's so True, like, I think you should have, like, two platforms, maybe. But I think we need to let go of this crazy fucking thing that says we have to be on every platform because it is stressing us out and it's making us very tired. Like, I tried the TikTok, I made a goddamn fool out of myself. It's embarrassing that they're still public. Like, it's just not for me and that's okay. Like, you know, like you Sarah are super, super good at these quick witty captions, you know, which would make you excellent to write for brands in a comedic tone. Like that's the secret sauce for you. Yeah, Yeah.
2: no, for sure. I'm kind of like a proponent of like, know what you're good at and like stick to it. But at the same time, when it comes to social, you kind of have to evolve like i i was thinking about this the other day when i first moved to new york like blogging was huge like i had friends that were like big time bloggers and think about it like nobody really cares about blogs anymore like I, some people do maybe i you know i'm not i don't know but like it's not the same like i had some blogger friends that transitioned to social media and are still doing great I had other blogger friends that were really doing really well on blogs and doubled down and never really adjusted. And they kind of like disappeared. Like I, I hate to say it. So I keep that in mind too. I'm like, I, I even though I know what I'm good at and I like the specific thing, I definitely want to learn and at least attempt to um, evolve where the eyeballs are going.
0: Absolutely. So let's talk about Big Kid Problems, the meme account specifically on Instagram. I am so fascinated by meme accounts. How, were you just? I mean, you were like one of the OGs. So, talk to us about the format of memes and how do you come up with a good meme? How do you identify a good meme? Are you repurposing others and then and then giving credit, or is it all original content? Yeah, because yeah.
1: Matt's trying to be a memester for like
0: six oh, weeks. I- I think I'm still a memester. <laughs> I I still pay the subscription to Mematic and that makes uh, you a
2: memester. Because you that pay is the a fucking memester subscription. in my eyes.
0: So.
2: <sighs> okay. Okay. That's too funny. Um, there's a lot of different ways people do it. So I mean anybody could really be a memer by, you know, like just repurposing memes. I think a lot of the biggest accounts are just ones that uh, repurpose account like a lot of content and they're able to post so much every day that it actually uh, helps their platform grow a lot I try to do majority of my content original I mean I think that's like what kind of sets my thing apart and it's all like based off of my life or my experiences or like things that I've seen have happened to my friends so um and making it, it I make it myself so I, I post a lot less than some of the other bigger meme accounts but I do I still love I always like like we call it aggregating like looking at other memes that we like and um and you know I share memes that aren't mine all the time and then yeah. sometimes when they're really good I will repost a good meme here and there uh and give credit where credit's due because that's huge that's another thing in the meme community which sucks is that they're shared so often that a lot of times, like your people lose credit for like memes that they created. So that's one of my big yeah. pet peeves. Is like I'll see memes that I created in like 2016 that are like on like these huge like multi multi million follower accounts, and like my my handle was chopped off, and I'm like, well, that was my joke, but <laughs> uh, long gone. What's like the protocol here? Because I remember like Fat Jewish
1: got in trouble a few years ago, which spiked this whole conversation and around Fuck Jerry. Yeah, everyone got in trouble because it is so hard, especially if you don't watermark your memes. And even when you do, obviously they chopped it off. Yeah. Um, what's What's the like 2020 general rule book here? You know what? Ha- like, if you find a meme, you have no idea where it came from. Like, what What's the protocol?
2: Yeah, if you have no idea where it came from, I mean, I, sometimes that happens to me too, and I'll still post it. And then if anybody like message or you can you can put, I've seen people now um, will put in captions like "DM me for credit." Um, and if somebody does like you obviously credit them, I think people have gotten a lot better about crediting because of situations like bad Jewish and fuck Jerry getting in trouble. Um, but all the time, like what I'll do is if I see one of my memes, like bouncing around, um, I'll like DM the person who posted it and just be like, Hey, this is one of my originals. Can you give me credit? And a lot of the times they do, um, it just sucks because like this the lifespan of a meme is so short. So, like, if you don't see it, I mean, there's no way that I can police the internet, like, looking at memes that I've posted. It's just, like, when I happen to see it. But, you know, I might be looking through an account and I see that they posted one of mine, like, months ago. And I can DM them for credit, but it doesn't really matter, you know? It doesn't matter because you you didn't get it right when they posted. It's just
0: it's, – it's such an interesting thing that Instagram still has not, I think, figured out or put real – regulation around which i think is a bit unfair because i mean it's all content creation it's all supposed to be original and it's it's uh it's a shame that they haven't put more regulations around it yeah something i want to talk to you about is this um the fact that you have to always be on and of course i know that because you have all of these projects and you you know, it's your job. But when I took over the OKSYS Instagram and I was like more, we were more treating it like a business and I was, you know, putting like pop culture moments and current events and what have you and memes, I mean, I'm just repurposing them or making my original, you know, content, <laughs> But I would find myself watching a award show or watching even like a big event and being like, oh, my God, should I think about memes? Should I think about funny things? <laughs> does, that ha- does it just happen naturally to you or do you have to be like, I'm turning off because I want to watch this show, not for memes, just for my own entertainment?
2: Um, kind of both. I mean, it's just like, I think in memes now, like, it's just like, I've been doing this for so long. Like, I honestly think in terms of memes and like, I'll, when I'm just like watching a show, like if I know that it's like an, like a, a like pop culture moment, like watching the Super Bowl or watching like the VMAs or watching, like, I will be looking out for those like situations, but it's also like, you have to, um, you have to work with like the, media that you're getting. So I have to look, I have to look for like gifts. Like I can't just be watching and look for like the moment that I like, like I have to make sure that I can find a gif online to then create the content. It's like a whole, it's like a whole thing. Um, But I mean, I definitely do have those moments where I'm like, I do feel the pressure, like, uh, and I work with brands or companies that are like, that literally my job is to like come up with live tweets for them like I'll work with like a show that's like, or our show wants um, content to be like live tweeting. And like, so when I'm like working on that, when it's big kid problems, it kind of, I just like play it fast and loose and play with it. But I mean, I do that for work, like legitimately on brands too. And then I'm a little bit more, you know, tuned in and plugged in and paying attention. But I'd say like, it's weird. It's like this weird, like I don't have very many gifts. Like I can't sing. I can't, play an instrument i can't speak any languages for some reason like i can speak meme
1: (laughs) i mean that's amazing then you ran with it and look where you're at today i mean also it's like a it's a very it's also kind of like a like a what's it what's it called when you analyze cultural analysis or some like literary term that you learn in college where you are analytical thinking it's analytical thinking if you break it down into pop culture moments of comedy
2: Oh, I can't wait to tell my parents that because they're like, what are you doing? you like, I'm an analytical thinker. Okay.
1: <laughs> yeah. You analyze the zeitgeist. Throw that at them.
0: Analyze the zeitgeist. Wow. Just I'm updating.
2: It. I'm updating my LinkedIn bio as we speak. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so you started this podcast, Big Care Problems. I mean, welcome to the podcast space. We welcome you with open arms and... Talk to us just, you know, about the topics that you cover on this podcast. Obviously, it's about adulting and, you know, the real problems that, you know, we are we are facing as adults. But with this, you know, comedic twist. So talk to us about like the structure of the show and uh, we're going to be on it. So if you guys want to listen to that episode, you should go listen. Yeah. um, So just kind of walk us through the podcast and how you've been doing it.
2: Yeah. So the podcast has been such like a labor of love um, and something I've wanted to do for years. And I, you know, I wanted to do it right. Um, I'm a big podcast listener. I mean, essentially, um, you know, throughout my 20s and I was, you know, writing these jokes about being in my 20s and the struggles that I was facing on like the day to day, like all the issues that I was coming up, you know, that I faced in my twenties. And it's funny because I can look back like pretty much every day of my twenties is documented on think it problems. You know, I can go back in Twitter and look at like what 24 year old Sarah was tweeting on like a random Tuesday. And so it's kind of now that I've gotten a little bit older and I've been doing this for a little while, it's, actually been like a really fun thing for me to like go back and look at that and I can I can put myself back in like my 24 year old body or my 22 year old body and like see the problems that I was facing and as like a 30 something now looking at that I'm like wow I wish I would have told her this or I wish I would have known this so when I created the podcast I'm like I wanted to kind of take a lot of the big problems that I had joked about over the course of like my 20s and then actually give myself a little bit of wisdom. Like I'm no expert, but like I've lived through this shit and I I, I have some wisdom to give. And then I also wanted to bring in, um, you know, experts. I wanted to bring in like other funny people. I wanted to bring in other people who had big kid problems to um, share their wisdom as well. And then actually give like tools and resources to um, all of the people who may be going through that specific thing. So that's been like really fun. And I mean, that, that was such like a big thing for me, especially like I went through a breakup in my mid-20s that like almost crushed me. And podcasts are like what got me through that time. You know, like I actually like learned a lot of things and like that I could implement in my life. So I wanted to kind of do that, but not just breakups, like all types of topics, all kinds of like, we talk finance, we talk job stuff, we talk relationships. We talk about like just general, like, you know, the general struggles of growing up. So that was the whole concept of the podcast, and it's been such, like, so rewarding. Like, it's one of the most rewarding things I've definitely done with this whole platform.
1: Isn't it such an interesting... It always, like, baffles my mind how podcasting is so apparent in today's, like, social media or content-consuming world because it's so long-form and we're so used to things that are really quick. But for some reason, there's such a great space for these intimate conversations and you meet people and you have... you like. You, your network opens up so much in the scope of just podcasting with people. Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah, for sure. And I, I love it, too, because I think, like, my audience has um gotten to know me, like, very surface level up into this point, because I'm always just, like, throwing out, like, witty jokes. But, like, a lot of them have been following me, you know, since my early 20s. So, like, my jokes have changed. And now they get to actually, like, hear me talk. They can, like, hear me tell stories of, like, what was going on behind that and, like, It definitely connects. Like, I feel much more connected to my audience. I think my audience feels more connected to me, too. And it's just like, it's great.
0: Was your name always on Big Kid Problems, or did people not know who was running it for some time?
2: (laughs) Yeah, no, I was completely anonymous. Like, the first four years I did it, I was, I, when I started this thing, like, I had no intention of putting my name on it. Like, I was I thought I would get in trouble cuz I was saying a bunch of stuff like I was I was keeping it really real and I was like tweeting about like my life and like I didn't want anybody to know it was me. <laughs> but this was before this was like before influencing was like a thing. Like I didn't think that I could ever build a job off of it. It was just something I did for fun. So I was completely anonymous for a long time and then finally like poked my head out and was like, "By the way, there's a real girl here." And people were, were shocked cuz they assumed it was like you know, a teenage boy putting making me.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say what was the reaction? What was the reaction to like this
2: beautiful blonde girl coming forward? Um, I wish I could say it was like a little bit better. It's funny because (laughs) (laughs) it's funny because like my, you know, people who follow Big Kid Problems like are there for the jokes. They're there for the memes, the tweets, like the funny stuff. So like, I think I I always laugh like I'll show my friends I'll be like I'll show them like one post where it's like a meme and then like the next post is like me like you know saying usually when I'm posting a picture of myself it's something like brand related I'm like hey guys I have a podcast coming out or like I have a calendar coming out you know something whenever I post up a picture of me it gets like five likes <laughs> not really but like people just it, it's definitely been like one of those things where it's like wow I wish I wish people would be more excited to see me, but they're there for the jokes. Let's be real.
1: Yeah, you, you have followers on your personal account.
2: Yeah, I mean, I definitely, like, now that I've been out behind the curtain or not behind the curtain for the last few years, I think more and more people have, like, been more invested. And uh, my my personal has, like, really, like, I had only really started getting followers on my, like, that weren't people I knew on my personal maybe, like, two, three years ago. Um, and like, that's kind of starting to grow, but I've never, like, I've never really put much thought into my, my personal is my personal. Like I'm kind of just, you know, I haven't really like strategized that. Uh, but I do like post some like behind the scenes stuff and like just really my life. What is a current big kid problem that you're experiencing right now? I know
0: that you were supposed to get married during coronavirus, during quarantine, how has that
2: been? I mean, in twenty twenty, I have a thousand big problems right now, but probably the biggest one that stands out is this wedding that is like slowly crushing my soul. Because <laughs> um, I was supposed to get ma- I was supposed to get married um, July of this year, and so like the whole first half of the year was just like so shitty and like so you know there's so many unknowns going on, and obviously we all experience that. But then I had on top of like the apocalypse coming down on us people just emailing me calling me texting me daily like is your wedding still happening like what happens if I can't get my flights refunded I'm like I don't know I don't
1: know not your problem yeah so anyway so so what's the like plan it's on hold are you doing something small wait what's kind of the game plan moving forward so
2: uh, that's what's awful about being a corona bride is like it changes all the time and like we don't have, I don't have any answers. Like I don't really know what's happening. Like I don't, we pushed our wedding. We picked a date that worked for all of our vendors, um, next year. So we went from like a July 2020 wedding to now we're a June 2021 wedding. And I just found like the the date that worked for everybody. So we didn't have to like do that much or like lose our deposits. Um, but now, now that I'm like starting to get a little bit closer to the year, I'm like, yeah, we have all these vendors like for this wedding that we had planned before all of this stuff happened. Like, I actually think our wedding is going to have to change a lot from where we originally started, which is like pretty sad. Like, it's like kind of like sad, but it's also super frustrating. So I'm like, I just don't know what things are gonna look like. So I don't know what to cut. I don't know, like, I don't know, man. Yeah,
1: it's such, I would say my, I did a two year engagement And I think that being engaged is the most fun. I mean, obviously I didn't go through a global pandemic while I was engaged, but I would just say to brides, like, just be engaged, just like be engaged, love the fiance stage because it's such an exciting stage regardless of like, you know, for a year I wasn't even planning the wedding, but it was just, I was basking in that, in that excitement of the future. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I have not gone through the trials and tribulations of being a Corona bride, but I, you know, I think people skip over the engagement part of, of the whole thing and like how beautiful just that few years can be and that moment can be. Um, so I would probably, I don't know if my advice even means fucking anything, but I <laughs> would probably just be excited about just being engaged.
2: Yeah. No, that was kind of like with a silver lining. Like we said, we're like, oh, we get to actually like, we're going to be married forever. So it is kind of nice that we can be in this fiance stage a little bit longer. I wish like, I had just known like it, yeah. it's going to be a two year engagement. So I didn't even start to plan because that was the problem is we tried to like get this wedding done in like 10 months. So we went through the whole stage and now it's just been like a sh- like a shit show the whole time. Um, and I know I how
1: exciting that is when you start the countdown and you're like a few months away. It gets it's like all you could think about.
2: Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I would use exciting as the word. <laughs> I've been like panic. I've been like it, the whole, like I hear the word wedding now and I just want to cry. Like the whole thing is like puts me into a panic. I'm interested though, since you had a two year engagement, cause like now I'm going to be a two year engaged person. Were you ever like, were you ever kind of sad or like, did you always like, feel like, I feel like I lost the like bride feeling, you know, like I, so many of my other friends have now gotten engaged after us and like been got married or like had smaller weddings and the whole thing and like I just feel like I lost like I I don't feel like the bride I don't feel like a bride anymore you know what I mean like I I kind of had that in the beginning and now I'm just like I'm just here
1: (laughs) yeah I never lost it because what I would do was like every month I would what I did was Since it was such a long engagement, this is going to sound... I don't know what it's going to sound like, but I set aside a lot of time for dreaming and going into the imaginary aspects of being a bride and hosting a wedding. And so a lot of like that first year, year and a half before I started seriously planning was literally just Pinterest boarding, right? Or just reading blogs or just finding other brides on Instagram. And just like, it was something that was more of just me. It was myself. Like every day I would look up something about a wedding just to be in that state of mind. Um, And then I kind of made all of the, uh, the events, like the bridal shower and all that close to the wedding so that the actual events kind of happen in the same token. But during the long engagement where it was too early to plan, I made sure that I was always basking as like a bride to be in inspiration, essentially.
2: Okay. Maybe I need to, maybe I need to get back to my Pinterest board. <laughs> yeah. Cause I also That's haven't, the- I also haven't like world. updated that thing since like, you know when all of this first started, and I feel like my taste has changed. Like I was thinking yeah. of bridesmaids dresses. I'm like, no, I don't even like that anymore. Like it's just,
1: it's dude, good. I like literally see all these white outfits. I'm like, fuck, not now. <laughs> Where was that a few years ago? I'm gonna send you some. They're so cute. I Please, mean, just keep yeah. buying. Just, just keep buying white dresses. You know, like fig. You know, just keep buying once a month. Buy
0: a new white dress, and you'll be stoked. <laughs>
2: I like that plan. I'm actually here for that plan.
0: <laughs> Love it. Okay, so. As we wrap up, the one question, the question we like to end on is if you were to brag about one thing in your life and you cannot be humble, what would you brag about?
2: Ooh, um, I would brag about my wit, I guess. Like I just have, you know, I have an ability to like look at a situation and make a joke out of it. <laughs> I don't know where it came from. I, I guess I kind of I have some like witty family members like my dad is like a jokester, um, but I feel like that's something that like it is like like a gift like I, I not a lot of people can can do that and I just think about like what if I was born in like the 1800s or something before like Twitter was out like you'd be like a joker you'd be like the joker at the Queens <laughs> you'd whatever. be posting
1: no you'd be posting like an anonymous column in the newspaper as a man, because you are a woman, and it would be reveled in today's
2: time as something historic. <laughs> I ca- actually, like, I'm into that. I'm kind of into
1: that. Like a Charles Dickens. Charles Dickens did that every, like, Sunday. He wrote, like, another short chapter for a book in the column. I feel like you'd have, like, a column like that.
2: Okay. All right. Sweet. <laughs> I feel like I would
0: have been <laughs> I got your eighteen hundred self down. Don't worry <laughs> yeah, about it. Say, Don't worry Scott, about that. Scout was probably should have been born in the fucking eighteen hundreds. Um, yeah, probably. Okay. Tell everyone where they can find big kid problems, the podcast, the Instagram, the all the things.
2: All the things. Okay, yes. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at big kid problems if you need some laughs. Follow me on Twitter, still my favorite, still my favorite medium. And I just post all the time and like a only my good stuff on Twitter makes it over to Instagram, but, like, I post a lot of random funny stuff on Twitter. Uh, the podcast, check out the podcast, The Big Kid Problems Podcast. Uh, if you're still into blogs, have one of those, too. <laughs> the Big Kid Problems, thebigkidproblems.com. So come,
1: come hang out. I love it. And make sure to check us out on your podcast, which will be coming soon. We'll let you know the date in the intro, but you can follow us, you already know where, at OKSIS Podcast. Thanks, Thanks, Thanks
2: sisters. sisters.